Live from the heartland and the crossroads of America, it's Tony Katz today. We're here today because of the impending end of Title 42 policy. With the Biden administration ending Title 42 this Thursday, President Biden is laying down a welcome mat to people across the entire world saying that the United States border is wide open and it will lead to an an incredible amount of people coming across the border illegally. We're talking about 150,000 people who are already amassed at the border. You know, no biggie. Or as the kids say, no big whoop. Not sure if that's what the kids say. But that should be a t-shirt that the kids should be wearing. It should say, no big whoop. That'll that'll really stick a finger in the eye of them old fogies right there. I swear to you, this is a routine that Norm MacDonald has, has to have done once before he passed. Oh, gone too soon. Tony Katz, Tony Katz today. What are you doing, fools? 833-GOT-TONY, 833-468-8669, 833-GOT-TONY. That is the number. I will get to this story and more from Governor Greg Abbott, who you just heard from, about the ending of Title 42, uh, which, wait, is that, does that come tomorrow? Is that when it happens? Is that tomorrow? One day more. Another day, another destiny. This never-ending road to Calvary. Honestly, there is nothing Les Miserables cannot answer. They, it's just, just fact right there. I will get to this story, but first, we've got the debt limit. And the meeting that's going to take place between Kevin McCarthy, and uh, the Speaker of the House, and President Joe Biden. I expect nothing to actually get done here, but I could always be wrong. The story is quite simple. We only have so much money to spend. We only have so much money to spend. We also are commanded, if you will, to pay off our debts. The 14th Amendment to the United States Constitution is rather clear in Section 4. The validity of the public debt of the United States authorized by law, including debts incurred for payment of pensions and bounties for services and suppressing suppressing insurrection or rebellion shall not be questioned. And if that, of course, is taken, that you can't default on the debt, there is this will get paid. That's who we are. Although I love the idea of bounties for services and suppressing rebellions. Can, can that also be used to put an end to problems at the border? I mean, when's the last time we used a good letter of market reprisal? I ask you. Seriously, the Constitution is super cool. Give it a read one day. You want to give something a read? Give the Declaration of Independence a read and all of the list of grievances. It is, it is like the pre-Festivist document. The list of grievances put forth by the colonists to King George, that list is insane. What we accept today from our government and their abuses of us, holy crap and son of a you-know-what. Man, this stuff, that we accept anything. The colonists are like, Pfft. forget you. 
and your meemaw. The debt has to get paid. And to this, I don't believe there is actually an argument. Now, whose debt has to be paid? Well, that's a little bit different. I don't believe any debt to China has to be paid. I don't believe we owe them anything, and our Constitution should not require us to pay those who are the enemy and who have done damage to us anything. But I don't think you'll get a real argument to the idea that the debt has to be paid. The argument, of course, is one of spending. We spend too much. We're a ridiculous nonsense nation when it comes to spending. It's embarrassing already. Oh, I, I'm sorry. It's embarrassing already. It's embarrassing. There we go. There we go. Sorry, well, I wasn't ready to, to do that. But sure, you know what? There, there are rules. The, the argument, again, in this not paying the debt is the idea of, okay, we're going to raise the debt ceiling so we can borrow more money so we can pay off these bills. But how about we do some spending cuts? How about we do some spending cuts as well? And the Democrats have lost their mind about this. No, God! No, God, please, no! 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 But yes. And Democrats tried to push Republicans into a corner about this. You have to pay the debts, and we don't want to hear about negotiation. And Republicans responded with, okay, 217 votes. I'm sorry, what? Votes, 217 votes. That's, uh, we, we got it past the House. And, and, now, and now here you go. Here you go. Uh, here, here's, a, here's a bill for, for the debt limit. I'm sorry, you've got what now? Republicans, yeah, we've got a bill for the debt limit. Have a nice, have a nice day. And Democrats were left uh, saying, and I'm quoting here, they didn't know what to do. Republicans under Kevin McCarthy got it figured out, got legislation passed, and all of a sudden Democrats were saying, they're not used to being outflanked. And Kevin McCarthy doesn't get enough credit for for at least this part of it. Now, is everything going to work out? I don't know. But at least this part of it, he deserves credit. Credit where it's due. Democrats refuse the idea that there may have to be some spending cuts that happen within. They refuse the idea that there might have to be some changes that get made here. We cannot go on spending in this way. It simply is untenable. Corinne Jean-Pierre, the White House press secretary, engaged in one of the more ridiculous examples of why this has to get paid straight and we won't engage in any negotiation. And she's been very clear. There will be no negotiation. Just pass an increase in the debt limit and that's it. Republicans have said... Now we've done this. Here you go. Here's how Corinne Jean-Pierre tried to explain this yesterday at the White House briefing. If you buy a car, you are expected to pay the monthly payments. If you buy a home, you are expected to pay the mortgage every month. That is the expectation. That is the spending that you put forth or spending that you may have done before. And now you're paying it every month. If you do not pay your car payment, if you do not pay your mortgage payment, then your credit is going to be bad. It's going to hurt your credit. So let's look at Congress for a second. This is spending that they've already done. 
they've already spent. Let's not forget the $2 trillion Trump tax cuts that they were willing and happy to vote for. So we're telling them or saying to them, do your job. Pay for something that you've already spent on. That's it. This is spending that has already occurred. They need to do the right thing that has been done 78 times since 1960. It's that simple. It is very, very simple. It is the right thing to do. It is their constitutional duty. It is not complicated at all. When Corinne Jean-Pierre uses as an example, you already bought the car, now you got to make the payments. It's your responsibility to make the payments. And you realize she's the same person who says you shouldn't have to pay your student loans back. Does, does it ever dawn on her, hey, my job is really weird. The person who buys the car has to pay their car payment. The person who buys the house has to pay uh, their home loan. Therefore, Congress has already engaged the spending, so they have to allow for it to be paid back. But the person who took the student loan doesn't have to pay it back? How does that work in your mind when you're sharing this idea with the nation? You're trying to apply pressure to the Republicans by telling them that they have to do the thing that you don't believe that millions of Americans should have to do. You said you would pay it back. Now you don't have to pay it back. But you said you'd pay it back and you over there, you have to do it. She never thinks to herself, my job's weird, because her job is weird. And she does it in a very weird way. It's remarkable how flat this fell with the American people. And it fell super duper flat. But let's bring it back to this 14th Amendment. What if the 14th Amendment is the solution? Picture you're Joe Biden, the President of the United States, and you have a Congress that is controlled by the Republicans, and they beat you good. They beat you good. They passed the legislation, and now they're willing to increase the debt ceiling, but you've got to do some... uh, You got to do some calculations and reduce some spending. Go back to the 14th Amendment, Section 4. There's a series of sections, of course. Section 1, all persons born or naturalized in the United States and subject to the jurisdiction thereof are citizens of the United States and of the state wherein they reside. Now, I've always looked at this as one of the reasons why uh, I don't believe that illegal immigrants should have any constitutional protections because they are not subject to the jurisdiction thereof. But this is about citizenship, and this is about a post-slavery citizenship. Then there's representation uh, that's apportioned among the several states, counting the whole number of persons in each state. Extremely important. We're not talking about three-fifths of a person. The 14th Amendment is a really uh, kind of uh, fascinating look at our, our growth as a nation and how we've gotten better. People don't accept the fact that we've gotten better, but uh, we have. 
No person shall be a senator or representative of Congress or elector or president and vice president or holds any office, civil or military, under the United States or under any state who has previously taken an oath as a member of Congress or one of these other things shall have engaged in insurrection or rebellion against the same. This is what they want to say is that, you know, the Donald Trump is guilty of insurrection and therefore the 14th Amendment, Section 3, says he cannot run for president again. That's their desperation. Section 4. The validity of the public debt of the United States are authorized by law, including debts incurred for payments of pensions and bounties for services in suppressing insurrection or rebellion shall not be questioned. What if that is a statement of obligation regardless of vote? The validity of the public debt of the United States authorized by law, including debts incurred for payment of pensions and bounties for services in suppressing insurrection or rebellion, shall not be questioned. If it shall not be questioned, can the President of the United States unilaterally raise the debt limit? That's a fascinating question. This actually was a question in 2011 under President Obama. Could he do this? Now, it never, it never had to come to be. One would assume you'd have to have a really, really broad view of the 14th Amendment. Because if you invoke the 14th Amendment, what you're saying is, is that the idea of a debt ceiling itself is unconstitutional. Because the 14th Amendment dictates that you have to pay your debts, therefore you can't have a ceiling. Ooh, now we're getting into beer on the barstool territory. Work that one through in your head. But spending originates in the House of Representatives. And doesn't that spending include spending on the debt? Oh, put down the beer. We're going to need bourbon. We're going to need shots. We're going to need Jaeger, maybe some Goldschlager, someone's belly button to drink it out of. It's going to be a long night. Honestly, it's, it's an absolutely fascinating conversation. I would assume that I would assume that lawyers would agree with me, and I assume that the Supreme Court would agree that the executive cannot make the unilateral decision that would clearly be in the hands of Congress when it comes to uh, the, the paying of the debt. And, and the spending of dollars. That somehow that power would not be given in some way to the executive that it would be seen as, as rational to believe that you would need both of these branches to work together. That would be my take. That said, I don't know what to expect from a Roberts court if it went to them. But if it goes to them, it's going to go quick. Because according to Janet Yellen, the Treasury Secretary, the debt limit is hit on June 1st. TikTok, people. TikTok. I'm Tony Katz. So why did the White House ban the New York Post 
from attending an event. Because it certainly seems like the New York Post banned, I'm sorry, the White House banned the New York Post from attending. Tony Katz, Tony Katz today, it's good to be with you. They were doing this whole thing yesterday about uh, the airlines and how they were going to get the airlines to to uh, pay you if, if you got grounded, uh, pay you if you... You needed a, a meal. If, if it's their fault, they have to pay you for this and that and the other. They have to pay you for everything and, and all the things. And and it was, Joe Biden was just being, you know, classic Joe in this. He's trying to explain things. He can't explain it. He's trying to engage uh, websites and he can't get it done. Is anybody going to notice that this guy isn't okay? Stop trying to tell us that he is. He's not. He's not. Does this sound right, right to you? Does this sound like the guy? First, we just launched a new website, flightsright.gov. Flightsright.gov. It's Flight Rights. Not Flights Right, flightsright.com. Like Attorneys General or Surgeons General. As opposed to Surgeon Generals. The plurals on the first part. And if you say to me, oh, Tony, that's no big deal, I'll say to you, it's Joe Biden. He never gets anything right. Grow up already. Well, this event is happening about holding airlines accountable. And the Washington Post wants to go, and they get a note, uh, sorry, uh, we're, 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 we're all full. We're all full here. We don't have any more room at the inn. We are unable to accommodate your credential request to attend the Investing in Airline Accountability remarks on May 8th. The remarks will be live streamed and can be viewed at whitehouse.gov. Thank you for understanding. We will let you know if a credential becomes available. You mean the same newspaper that clearly showed that the Hunter Biden laptop is completely and totally real? They can't get credentials? Fifth largest print circulation? Nation's second most read newspaper online, fifth largest news website by U.S. readership, and fourth when you exclude the aggregator by a Microsoft network. They can't get it. Aren't they the oldest newspaper in the country? They can't get a credential. Huh. What do you know? We already know that Joe Biden is a bitter, vengeful dude, and we know the administration now is too. It's not our fault that we're able to see Hunter for exactly what he is. That we see Hunter Biden for the fraud that he is, for the failure that he is. Don't get angry at us. We didn't do anything wrong. We didn't raise him. As a matter of fact, we're not even mad at you. Sometimes these things happen. You get mad at, at the New York Post for doing their job? Stop it now. Stop it now. Meanwhile, the border is the story. And bad days are upon us. I have that coming up. Find everything at TonyKatz.com. T-O-N-Y-K-A-T-Z. That's my name. TonyKatz.com. This is Tony Katz today.
two will go away and the border will become more dangerous. Those are the facts as presented. Tony Katz. Tony Katz today. What's going on, Boo Bear? 833 got Tony. 833-468-8669. Sometimes it's Boo Bear. Sometimes it's Kitten. Sometimes Pookie. Sometimes Schmoo. All of them mean, I love you. Yes, I do. The border's a gigantic problem. It's ending this week. Title 42 is ending this week. And that's going to mean that more people are going to be able to stay in the country. No stopgap has been agreed to. There was one put forth by independent Senator Kirsten Cinema of Arizona and Republican Tom Tillis of North Carolina. But that went nowhere, obviously, because here we are without one. We don't have one. So never mind what this does to me in Indiana or you in Atlanta or Oklahoma or maybe you're in Indiana with me you're in you're in St. Louis um what does this do to Texas because while we should be clear that these people aren't coming to Texas they're coming to the United States this is all of our problems I could not agree more with Abbott or DeSantis or any other governor moving uh, migrants to other parts of the country. New York is is suffering. They can't take any more people. Well, maybe you should be more aggressive in getting this to stop. As a matter of fact, Eric Adams, the mayor of New York, I'm not a fan of his policies, but he is at least quite clear that this is Joe Biden's fault and Joe Biden has to make this stop. But the Democratic Party doesn't have an interest in making this stop. Now, we should also be clear Full honesty is extremely important. The Republican Party has failed on the subject of the border for 30 plus years. Failed. Our argument should not be one, and I would agree is not one regarding legal immigration. We should favor legal immigration. And if you tell me we can do X, Y, and Z to the system to make it even easier on the paperwork side, I could be in for that. I could be down for that. But anybody who is willing to accept illegal immigration, including lies about asylum, believes in breaking the country in two. They are not believers in sovereign nations, and they are unacceptable folk. If they are in elected office, they need to be removed, and the people who vote for them are just wrong. They don't believe in America. Let me say that again. The people who don't believe in a border don't believe in America. That's an obvious one-two punch. Those people should be discounted. Don't ever let them win at the ballot box. Don't ever let them win on social media. Don't ever let them win at the family reunion. As a most basic concept, if you don't believe in borders, you don't get a say. That doesn't mean I can stop people from voting. I'm not going to stop people from voting. I'm just going to ensure that their vote doesn't mean a damn thing. And one of the things ways we do that is put an end to the idea that people like Representative Acosta-Cortez and others can win elections. You have to run people against them, and you have to vote for Democrats if you have to in a primary, and get her out so you can get with people who might disagree with you on 25 different things, but at least believe that a nation should be a nation, and nations have borders. Pretty rational point of view. Doesn't take that much. Now, does it? But we don't have a stopgap. 
we're going to have more people who are able to enter the country and then lie about their asylum claim. And it's all a lie. I couldn't care what any of the squad members say. Uh, by the way, uh, Rashida Tlaib is back at it. She's hosting a Nakba Day event at the Capitol. That's a Jew hater, Representative Rashida Tlaib, who is going to hold a Nakba Day. Nakba is, the word, is a word that means uh, catastrophe. And that's how she and Palestinians refer to the creation of Israel, a catastrophe. Um, Stop hating Jews, Representative Tlaib. And uh, because uh, I'm in Indianapolis, if Congressman Andre Carson of Indianapolis could stop supporting Rashida Tlaib, who he refers to as his sister, because she hates Jews. And you are a guy who's friends with Louis Farrakhan and won't condemn his words. Could you? Could you try and step out of your shell and get away from some of these bigoted people? Could you give it a little bit of effort, a little bit of something, a little push, a little oomph, a little try? Try not to hang around a Jew hater today. Is that is that too much to ask? You know what? Everybody should do that. Everybody, try hard. Don't hang around a Jew hater today. I swear to you, in some circles, this would be considered pandering. In way too many circles, this is an actual plea. Back to the border. We don't have a border. We've got an extremely dangerous situation that, so we're clear, doesn't get solved with a continued implementation of Title 42. It doesn't get solved even with the recognition from our nation and its elected leadership that there is, of course, a border. It doesn't get solved even if we were to have a better process, a more streamlined process, but a secure one and a thorough check of those coming into the country legally. Because you would still have the illegality issues. You would still have the fentanyl issue. You would still have the human trafficking and you would have the recognition that we don't put the money, the people, or, or the technology into having a secure border, which is about more than a wall. Now, let me, a, a couple things. You understand it's a fence, not a wall. And Border Patrol prefers fences because you can see through a fence. Now, it sounds silly, but I want to make sure that words have, you know, that we're on the same page because words have meaning. And we got to make sure that we're all talking about the same language. Secondly... You know that the wall doesn't stop anybody from coming into the country, right? I didn't. If you take a look at places like Arizona and parts of New Mexico, you can build that fence pretty close to the border and actually physically stop somebody. In Texas, where I was, the Rio Grande Valley sector, the wall is in some places a mile and a half inland from the Rio Grande. Can't build it on the Rio Grande. Some of that's private land. It get it's get it gets built to the interior. What the wall does is slow people down so you can engage in apprehension. The people who say walls don't work, oh, you can build a ladder and they can get over the wall. <laughs> Those people don't know anything. They've never spoken to Border Patrol. They've never asked the question. They are frauds and failures. What a wall does is slow people down because they have to get over it. 
And in slowing them down, you have more opportunities for apprehensions, and therefore, you can make sure that those people who are truly hardened criminals are out of the country. They believe in walls, fences, and that it works. But you understand that people are already into the United States in many places, in, for example, the Rio Grande Valley sector, when they've hit the wall. My gosh, already in the country. So what really are we talking about when we hear people yelling and screaming, build the wall, build the wall, build the wall? It doesn't, in all areas, keep people out. While it may do well as a populism screech, it doesn't do well as a solo policy effort. It has to be coupled with other things. It has to be. We're not debating here. Anybody who tells you otherwise is wrong, is a liar, is a fraud, is full of crap. They don't know ungats. Just saying it the way it is, because it is, and it doesn't get described in these ways that it needs to. That said, the ending of Title 42 creates massive problems. And the people who have pushed for the ending of Title 42 are not prepared for the problems that it creates. Governor Greg Abbott has decided to create a Texas tactical border force to stop migrants, to repel illegal crossings, because we are looking at approximately 150,000 migrants who are just waiting for this to end so they can walk across. And let me be clear, you can walk across with ease. With ease, this was Governor Greg Abbott on the subject at an airport. Saying that the United States border is wide open and it would lead to an incredible amount of people coming across the border illegally. President Biden's open border policies is going to cause a catastrophic disaster in the United States. According to the Biden administration itself, they anticipate about 13,000 people coming across the border illegally every single day. If you extend that out over the course of a year, it means there will be about 4,700,000 people coming across the border a year. That will mean that there will be more people coming across the border illegally than there are residents of the massive city of Chicago. The bottom line is, it did not have to be this way. So never forget this. Just three years ago, we had the lowest border crossings in decades. And those low number of border crossings were a result of the policies put in place by the Trump administration. It was the Title 42 policy, the Remain in Mexico policy, the ending of catch and release, building a border wall, as well as sending a message across the entire world. America is not open to people who are trying to come here illegally. If you want to come to the United States of America, you must do so legally, not illegally. Today, however, we're dealing with the highest number of people coming across the border than ever before, and we will set a new all-time record this year. All of this is a result of policy decisions by Joe Biden. Correct. 
completely accurate. Of course, these are all policy decisions by Joe Biden. The idea that the Biden administration and Alejandro Mayorkas, the Secretary of Homeland Security, have been fixing, feel the air quotes, the process that uh, Donald Trump put in place is laughable. Absolutely laughable. It's like when we talk about uh, the debt limit, as we were. And the Democrats are like, oh, we're not going to negotiate. You don't negotiate on the debt limit. The debt limit has to be raised, and that's it. Um, Joe Biden, when he was a senator. This is the debt limit. And it was, I don't want to use pejorative terms, it was used as the means by which, unless certain compromises were made, we would default on our debt. There's room within the budget to fund those priorities. But it's going to be, uh, you know, what it ordinarily would be, a normal political battle. Look at that. The debt limit's a normal political battle. The debt limit is a conversation about budget. Huh? What do you know about that? The border isn't the fault of Trump. It's the fault of the guy in charge who can change the policies any moment he chooses. Immigration is under the purview of the presidency, of the executive. The issue here is Joe Biden won't. Joe Biden doesn't. Joe Biden does not care. Nope. Nope. Tony, that's wrong. He clearly does care. And what he cares is that the the border is more open. He cares that the border is more accessible. He cares that more people are allowed to lie about their asylum requests. This is obviously what he cares about. Joe Biden is the man. Who told you that his father told him, if you want to know what somebody cares about, look at their budget. Take a look at their budget and you'll learn what they care about. I actually thought that was a spectacular line. Isn't that the truth? See what people spend their money on and you will see what people truly value. Well, take a look at what it is that the administration defends. What it is that the administration allows. And you will see what it is that the administration fully, truly values. And it isn't a safe and secure America. I'm Tony Katz. Thank goodness for the people on TikTok. Because if it weren't for them... How would I know that I was a racist? Luckily, there are a lot of liberal white women who want to remind me in song. If you're white, yes, you are racist. Even if you think you're woke, we all benefit from oppression. Pretending you're not racist only makes racism grow. Tell me that's not a catchy tune. I don't know. I, first of all, that, that was not producer Kylan. She did not sing that song. People got it very confused, Kylan. They thought it was you. Yeah, that's a negative. That's a, that's, that's a negative. Someone actually did this. 
They 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 videotape themselves in their kitchen in a tank top that's rather revealing and sang you this. If you're white, yes, you are racist, even if you think you're woke. We Everybody all benefit from oppression. Pretending you're not racist only makes racism grow. Now you Nick Fuentes. If you're white, yes, you are racist, even you if you think you're woke. Do it, Kanye! We all benefit from oppression. Woo! Pretending you're not racist only makes racism grow. It really does or something. By the way, the Nick Fuentes reference. You're welcome, America. Um, Please note that I bring this up not just to mock and to laugh, but your kids are on TikTok and you have no idea what they're watching. You might want to keep an eye on those things. You might want to ask yourself, is this really what we should, maybe, maybe not. Maybe we shouldn't. Maybe we would be better off if we didn't have this on the phone it's it's uh, your kid i'm just saying um yeah this is this is what's going on this is what's going on meanwhile the democratic party won't allow debate with robert f kennedy jr and now the left is angry with bud light Those stories are coming up. Find everything at TonyCats.com. This is Tony Katz today.